Welcome to the Building Future Cities podcast. On today's episode, we have A. Thomas, who is probably the most connected individual in the European electric vehicle movement. Previously a producer and director of current affairs and documentaries at the BBC, Aid was behind the environment and rural affairs series Countryfile and BBC Radio 4's environmental series Costing the Earth. Today, Aid is the Chief Sustainability Officer at Green TV, a multi-channel publishing network for sustainability content. Deploying creative content strategies to connect people with purpose, Green TV produces the E-Bike Summit, the EV Summit, which is the world's most significant CEO-led business forum from e-mobility and has some exciting projects in the works and we can't wait to learn more. So without any further ado, I'd love to invite A. Thomas to the show. Aid, welcome to the Building Future Cities podcast. So the first question, just jumping straight in, I wanted to ask, you set up Green TV, your company, 14 years ago. Can you tell us about what motivated you to set up this venture? Well, I've always been interested in sustainability right from my university years. It was a happy confluence of the personal and the philosophical. Uh, I studied uh, a paper at Cambridge University, which was an early introduction into environmental politics and I was going out with a girl who was very interested in this subject area so that was a that was a powerful elixir which led me down the pathway of thinking that sustainability was what I wanted to do with my life. And what does sustainability mean for you at that time? Uh, Sustainability at that time and really now has always for me been focused on climate change. CO2 emissions and climate change I've always thought were the most powerful narrative that we need to address the most concerning issue facing humanity in our in our history by far and away the the crucial thing that we all need to look at in our world we met at the oxford ev summit in 2019 so last year it's an amazing summit and i wanted to just ask what what do you feel came out of the back of that summit Um, and maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what the oxford ev summit is and your plans for Mm. the future Uh, so the ev summit for me was so the EV Summit for me was really um, a platform for addressing what I feel in e-mobility is a, a really powerful mechanism for decarbonizing an entire sector in the transportation sector. You know, 30% of all CO2 emissions come from the transport sector. So I really at Green TV wanted to focus in on that sector uh, because it you know delivers it delivers on CO2 emissions reductions. Also, in terms of the world of marketing in which I work, you know, the automotive sector offers up a very powerful visual communications approach uh, to enable us to have a quite an exciting narrative to engage audiences around uh, decarbonization. Lots of other areas of sustainability are frankly dull and dry and not engaging to wider audiences, but e-mobility and transportation is a very interesting area, particularly for me as a visual communicator, to engage audiences around sustainability. And, And I can attest to that because you had a Harley Davidson the first electric bike from Harley Davidson outside the doors of the summit, which people got to test drive. And in, in addition to obviously the amazing mm. panel talk. Oh yeah. I was very excited to have the Harley there because it's a kind of an icon of the automotive space, right? But it delivers with their electric live wire bike. It delivers that perfect sense of an image to catalyze a new sense of what sustainability can be drawing in a wider audience around sustainability and decarbonization and and looking forward how what's what's next for the ev summit in 2020 what are your plans how have you been affected 
So the EV Summit uh, in 2020 obviously was thrown the enormous COVID curveball that uh, the rest of the world was thrown uh, as a live event, obviously fundamentally transformed and changed by what has happened with COVID-19. Uh, we, we shifted the event out to the, the latest possible date of the year, the second week of December. Some positive forces that have unfolded are that the EV Summit will be a kind of hybrid of a live event and a digital event. And I think, you know, that's going to be a good thing, particularly from my perspective as a, as a sustainability person. So, you know, having, I was always slightly uncomfortable really having people travel in by, by air from all over the world to a single geographical point in Oxford. Um, and I think, you know, in this new world, transport is instantaneous in the digital space, right? I, you're in a different part of the world now. I don't need to travel to you. It's an instantaneous mode of digital transportation so the ev summit will hopefully be all the better for it certainly from a co2 emissions perspective and it also plays into your your strength of content production and filming etc so you're naturally placed to be able to really put on great event from that perspective yeah i mean 70 percent of green tv's work is digital comms so we're in a really nice position to bring to bear that those skills those tools that expertise to deliver a really beautiful and elegant digital event. In light of COVID-19, we've seen the spotlight put on transportation in our cities, the air is cleaner, and cycling has been has been giving this kind of, dare I say, rebirth, a new kind of light as people take to cycling as during this pandemic and, and hopefully beyond. What mm. are your thoughts on that? And do you see a role for cycling, for e-bikes moving forward? Yeah, so I mean, I, I focus on the e-mobility sector. That is obviously automotive, but also includes e-bikes. Personally, I'm a great fan of two wheels and cycling. So I'm very keen to see those solutions as part of a sustainable cities mix. I think in answer to your question, COVID-19 has clearly thrown into sharp relief just how important air quality is to what defines a sustainable city uh, in the social media world in which I work i've seen enormous levels of traction for posts around sustainable cities that um, have been the result of reduced travel during the pandemic so there's clearly an enormous amount of interest in that here in the uk the aa the automobile association published published some stats that showed that during the initial part of the lockdown car use had reduced to 1955 levels you know, that's not great for sales in the automotive sector, but it's certainly great for CO2 emissions and air quality. And I think, you know, we all need to think about how we reframe the way we work. And I'm very happy for the automotive sector to sell lots of electric vehicles, but we need to look at how often we use the electric vehicles that we buy and how often we think about other forms of mobility, you know, our own knees, cycling, e-bikes. You know, e-bikes are now in a really interesting place some of the studies from cities like copenhagen show that with segregated cycleways e-bike usage in terms of distance traveled is one where people are happy to travel up to 20 kilometers so you can see how that starts to sort of eat into what maybe would have been a journey that people take have taken by car you know why travel by car when you have an e-bike that can power you for a safe and comfortable journey time journey distance of 20 kilometers some interesting solutions have been thrown up. I think, you know, we can say strategically that a crisis, history tells us that a crisis fast forwards the future. So I think that is what is unfolding now in terms of 
an appreciation of sustainability in the city and an understanding of new tools, whether they are digital communications tools, new forms of transport via e-bikes, certainly a sharp, a sharp focus on air quality and a need to shift to the electrification of transport. Covering lots, lots of different bases within that. It's exciting to see that you're a keen cyclist as well. So am I. What's really inspiring about your work is that you've put your talents towards creating events, creating digital content from a marketing perspective, and you're marketing the e-mobility sector and smart city technologies. You talk to us about the challenges you have found when trying to communicate the importance of this sector to a wider audience and trying to shift behaviours. I mean, I think a really big challenge in terms of marketing e-mobility is creativity. Large organisations struggle to fully accept creative ideas. I think they think that they accept creative ideas, but in my experience, innovation around maverick thinking to engage audiences is not there. Large organisations and the machines that turn within those large organisations are actually much safer on more conservative territory and more more conservative terrain. Uh, so I talk about what I call the ideas infrastructure issue rather than the technology infrastructure issue. The technology is there to deliver amazing e-mobility solutions, bi-directional charging, vehicle to home, vehicle to grid, incredible new vehicles with amazing range and all the rest of it so i think we really need to engage consumers in a much more interesting way i see organizations doing amazing things like creating tv ads that were the kind of things i used to watch on tv when i was a kid in the 80s and putting those on social media and thinking that's going to engage audiences it's not i mean in, in in my experience if you think i have a strong set of ideas in the creative content space andre i could show you a long, long list of all my best ideas, all my best, most creative ideas and, and our creative director's most creative ideas that never see the light of day because they never get commissioned. In fact, I, I call it my JK Rowling test. If, if, if an idea gets, gets, um, gets turned away three or four times, you know, like JK Rowling with, with her first edition of the Harry Potter story, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely onto a really good idea here. And, and so, and, and often we will, um, create that content ourselves and, it, and ordinarily it's by far and away the most engaging most widely shared content we have and in that JK Rowling test it yeah. always stands true to me if it gets if it gets rejected by the head of marketing at a large global organization I'm like okay great now I know it's a great idea yeah <laughs> because yeah. it was rejected it's really interesting <laughs> you say that I agree that within the e-mobility space or when you're talking about IoT devices, it's really tricky to find marketing that stands out and connects. If I may on that, because it is so important when you speak about the ideas infrastructure that's required, can you give us a practical sense of how we could start to achieve that? I mean, here's a couple of things. Marketers will feel com confident safe and secure going to their standard issue large global pr and marketing agencies uh, who are not necessarily engaged with the subject matter who are you know a safe pair of hands and not necessarily going to deliver creative ideas so i think that needs to be addressed 
an, another another very practical point if if funding is available from a government agency or a european funding channel it's always for technology it's never for creativity so you know i think that needs to be addressed the the ideas infrastructure is just not getting the investment from either public sector funding channels or from marketing marketing organizations marketing teams who just don't don't want to engage with smaller more creative agencies and it's a real shame yeah and and, and that visibility of the agencies that do exist that, that are in a sector like yourself um you know if we're, if we're being quite blunt here um mm. so th- for me th- it's just great to hear your two two concrete examples there do you believe that electric vehicles are marketed correctly? I, I think electric vehicle marketing is just an absolute disaster zone. Uh, I mean, let, me, let me paint you a picture. So you, you, you could just imagine this. I, I paint the scene. We see a beautiful couple, typically white, in their 30s, driving a beautiful electric, electric vehicle around Swiss road hairpin bends the camera pans from inside the vehicle you see an external shot a camera a camera overhead on a helicopter you know she smiles at him he looks reassuringly down at her close up of the wheel as they drive along the road what does this tell us it's a, it's a lovely piece of eye candy what do we learn about e-mobility nothing is there any educational content there not at all is there any creative narrative there any twist to the tail anything that's going to engage a wider audience young people People of colour, no. It's just the same old narrative of a kind of 80s TV ad that's you know, been done to death a thousand times over, a thousand and more times over, and then put on social media like that's going to engage social media audiences. The shared data and metrics of content is always the key and most telling uh, variable. So look at, look at all of these pieces of content from all of the major OEMs and look at how many shares that content gets. It's always in the single digits, always. Yeah, and not necessarily the view count, which would probably be predominantly oh, the views. media. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, exactly. The, view, the views are irrelevant because, you know, a few tens of pounds, you'll get hundreds of thousands of Facebook views. We've all been there, we've all done it. That's why I specifically reference the shares. Yeah. That's, the, that's the measure of authenticity in terms of engaging creative content. There's a lot more room for improvement in the marketing of electric vehicles. And when it comes to cities, we hear about smart cities, we talk about future cities. Do you feel that the events industry, the marketing industry can add more value within this space? Uh, the city is an interesting, I mean, it's just, a, just such an amazing test case, isn't it, for how human beings operate in the world. Um, obviously, you know, that's where the intensification of uh, humanity exists and it's where we need to transport ourselves on mass on a daily basis funneling ourselves into the city and out of the city every day for work so it's a really incredible test case for sustainability and mobility i think we're, get, we're going to just see a completely reimagined city off the back of the covid19 situation we we won't see anywhere near the levels of travel hopefully air quality will be a primary concern of governments and policy makers. Hopefully we see a city reimagined around segregated cycleways for two-wheel travel on e-bikes and, and, and traditional bicycles. You know, hopefully we'll see a, a huge shift towards electrification where we have zero emissions vehicles 
hopefully we will see the city become an exemplar of sustainability as opposed to a huge issue. Have you seen any examples of smart city concepts that really are jumping out at you at the moment? I've got an amazing smart city concept. It's called the Curbstone. And it helps to segregate, segregate roads from, from cycleways. I think it's the single biggest tool that we have in our toolkit to deliver on sustainable cities. It's not, it's not data mapping of journey routes. It's not a battery management system. It's not an, a, an AI supported you know, tool of, of some incredible complexity. It's just a simple piece of concrete that separates out cars from bicycles. It makes people feel safe cycling. It makes parents with kids feel safe taking their kids to school. It would enable car drivers to feel like they've got their section of the road, which is separated off from cyclists. I, I genuinely think the curbstone is the single most important tool in delivering on sustainable cities. Actually, it's my perspective as a parent who cycles their child into school in the mornings, which I did this morning. And I had to cycle through a ma down a major road into the center of Oxford, one of the major thoroughfares into the center of Oxford. And there's no segregated cycleway. I've got an 11-year-old son, tiny little lad on a bicycle with cars, trucks, vans tearing past him. Terrifying. Do you have advice you would share with marketing professionals who are trying to promote and sell new te technologies for the benefit of society? Yeah, I, I think the key thing for marketing professionals is perhaps something which doesn't necessarily come naturally to marketing professionals, which is have to, to have a sense of a kind of a soul and a sense of a purpose, to have a sense of authenticity and belief in something. You know, it's now the word purpose is now so commonly used in in the world of business. But, you know, how about the world's the word soul as well, to have a genuine sense of an, a kind of ethical purposeful application to the area in which you want to work in so you know if i was starting out again now i might think to myself right you know the plant-based food sector that's really going to del deliver on sustainability and uh, carbon emissions reductions and the ethical treatment of animals and all the rest of it so i, I might choose to focus on that uh, i think that's a, a super important sector but to have that real sense of genuine commitment and passion. And when I say real sense, I don't mean in terms of, you know, some kind of methodology rule book from a, an MBA. I mean, from the heart, from within, truly believe in what you want to do. I've done an MBA and we talk about, you know, uh, we, we go through all the personality tests. We, we, we go through compatibility mm. with different careers. Um, but yeah, everyone's sole goal is still to get that, that, that next job, that next raise. Um, if anything, this pandemic's taught us is to stop back and really think about life and our contribution to the world and making it a better place. So, so thank you for just hitting us in the soul and making sure that we um, consider that in our work. What are your hopes for the future of cities and towns across the UK? My hope for the future of towns and cities across the UK is immediate decarbonisation because that's what we need to stop some horrendous runaway climate change scenario unfolding. Not in 10 years' time, not this kind of sense of, oh, we've got 12 years to decarbonise that even someone as impassioned as Greta Thunberg talks about. We need to do it 
absolutely immediately. There is no time. We have to decarbonize in the moment. We have to use this opportunity that the radical, literally revolutionary moment that COVID-19 has delivered us, whereby all of the rules have suddenly been revised. You know, we now know we can change everything in a moment, literally in a moment, in the space of, what, a few short weeks, even days. Yeah. Governments worldwide decided to change absolutely everything that we do in terms of how we live our lives and how we go about living uh, doing, doing our work so we know that change can happen instantaneously and it needs to be applied to climate change and co2 emissions and on that note i just want to thank you aid for coming on the podcast really insightful and thank you for your time thanks very much andre thank you for listening to the building future cities podcast We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and check out our upcoming interviews with creative leaders building future cities. Speak soon.